I guess beating off in, in a cell with multiple other people gets old fast. I think you'd be somebody's bitch. Welcome to Movie Muggin, the father and son podcast that used to be addicted to the hokey pokey, but then we turned ourselves around. <laughs> I've never heard that. No? No. Dad jokes, man. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I, I love dad jokes. Why? Yeah, I, I like a good few. You know why the belt got arrested? Why? Because it held up a pair of pants. That's no? really bad. <laughs> There's videos that used to go around on YouTube called the dad joke challenge, and they would get two guys across from each other. And they would tell a dad oh, joke. And whichever and one laughed. Whichever one laughed, lost. And those yeah. were so those funny. Those were good. Do you know how to find uh, Will Smith in the snow? How? You just follow the Fresh Prince? <laughs> Come on. You know any dad jokes? Yeah, I got one. All right. Uh, what did Cinderella say when she got to the ball? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? Um, I mean, that's, you know, to be expected from you, I think. Yeah. All right, well, I'm Vince. I'm Jack. And we are a father and son duo who love watching movies, then having a conversation, but more importantly, spending quality father-son time together. Mm-hmm. This is episode number 46. Damn. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Say that every time. I know you do. I know you do. And uh, basic math tells me we're four away from 50, mm-hmm. which which feels like a milestone. I know I say because milestones all the time, but 50 is pretty 50 big. 50 is one. I don't know about doing anything big for 50, but I think, you know... Definitely for our year anniversary, we'll do something. Yeah. So, all right. Well, you know what time it is. It's Lobby Time with Vince and Jack. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Movie Mug and Lobby. This is a time we talk about things that aren't necessarily related to the movie we're going to be watching, but we still think it's important enough to warrant some airtime. A couple things. The other day, something came up. I don't even remember where I found it or where I saw it, but it led me to Kip Dynamite has a new Instagram page, (laughs) and it's called Kip's Tips. It's K-I-P-S-T-I-P-S-S. His bio is social isolation, professional inspiration giver, technology expert, grandma's favorite CEO. And basically what he's doing is he's coming on there and talking about things for social distancing. He shows you how to make a homemade mask, which is pretty funny. And it's just, it's it's the guy. It's uh, Aaron Rule who who plays Kip. The actor. Yeah, and he's having a good time with it. So um, check that out if you get a chance. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, secondly, two weeks ago, we did Big Fish, which in the middle of it, we hadn't really talked about the movie much. And I think we ended up saying something like, well, this isn't a movie review podcast anyway. It is and it isn't. The mm-hmm. following week, we did Enemy at the Gates, which sounded a lot more like a movie review podcast. Yeah. Look, like I said, we watch a movie and we have a conversation. We don't know what that conversation is going to be from from the very start. We don't have any conversations ahead of time. We don't stop the movie and have a conversation before we come on here. So we don't really know where it's going to go. One week, it may be a movie review. The next week, it may be just us talking shit. I mean, forgot what movie we watched. (laughs) Sometimes, yeah. So go anywhere. Yeah. So just wanted to throw that out there that. We say we're not a movie review podcast, but we, we, we clearly are. Clearly are, but we're not. But we're not. Yeah. yeah. So hope that clears the a little thing. gray area. Yeah. 
and finally, um, a COVID-19 update. I just, again, want to say, fuck you, COVID-19. Just fuck right off. Yeah. All right. You got, any, you got anything else for the lobby? Fuck those Miami kids. They're stupid. Oh, no, the, those were spring breakers. They weren't yeah. even from Miami. Oh. I think they just... Why would you go to Miami for spring break? I mean, it's a party town. I thought that place was like trashy town. No, I think parts of Miami are really, really nice. Oh. Yeah. I, I mostly thought of Miami as like Florida's Vegas, and but the, like trashier. And just pit bulls playing all the time on outdoor speakers. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, that's him. All right. You got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, let's head on back to the podcast studio slash viewing room, and I will unveil today's movie. So last week, I tried really hard to talk you into letting me go because I had a movie that I was just dying to show you. And then in the end, I was like, you know what? That's not right. It's it's your week. You actually have a list of movies now. So So I backed off. And so I was really looking forward to today, and then I changed the movie. <laughs> you, you do that every time. It's based on feel. And it is. It if, is. If I wake up one day and I and I have something in mind the night before, but the next day I'm just not feeling it, or I'm feeling something else, then then that's where I'm going to go. You are feeling porn babes one, but then you started feeling porn babes two. <laughs> you know, two completely different narratives. Um, give us a fifty cent tour on both. Uh, well, porn babes two is the. The uh, fuck, I gotta think of. Is something there like that a, I can put the blank strikes back? Oh, you know the bush, <laughs> <laughs> the taint. Uh, yeah, the labia strikes back. Gross. <laughs> what do you mean labia? Labias are the the lips, pussy lips. I don't even fucking know what labias are, man. Well, I know there's labia. I think it's clitoris or something like that. Uh, vulva is somewhere in there. Vulva? That's okay. somewhere. Cervix is like all the way in the back. Yeah, yeah. The uterus? The uh, the ram's head. I can't remember. Ovaries? <laughs> the over, it yeah. looks like a ram. No, you're right. Or you're the right. airy symbol or whatever. Yeah. The fupa? <laughs> That's not a vagina <laughs> fart. I mean, close enough, right? I mean, men can have fupa too. Just, gosh, I, you, just announce your fucking movie. I'm pretty sure I know what this episode's going to be based on where we've gotten so far. Okay, today's movie came out in 1994. It's a good, good year. It is rated R. It, uh, it's two hours and 22 minutes. <laughs> okay, I mean, not like we're going anywhere. It got a 90 percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a 9.3 on IMDb. Damn. 96% of Google users like this. Dang, this thing, it was a hit. All right, let's see what the Mormon mothers have to say. I could, I could say a whole lot in the Mormon mothers, but it might uh, give some things away. I don't want any spoilers. Okay. All right, there's a poster of a rather scantily clad woman. It's shown briefly. Okay. There's 53 uses of fuck, including five uses of motherfucker, three uses of dick and prick, Two uses of bastard, 42 uses of shit, including six uses of bullshit, <laughs> two uses of shithead, two uses of horse shit. Also, very crude and sexual language is used frequently. One use of cock, nine uses of hell. Wow. Mm -hmm. They got it all. They do. All right. This movie's been a long time coming. I feel like I've been a shitty dad by not showing it to you before. Okay. This movie is called The Shawshank Redemption. Okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't seen this one. I, which is and crazy. I know um, it, it's Marky Mark, right? No. No, it's the guy who can be considered close-ish to Marky Mark? Not at all. Fuck. 
don't remember. <laughs> what, his what are name. you even thinking of? It's the white guy who's friends with Morgan Freeman in this movie. Yeah. It is not Marky Mark. Why do I picture him as Marky Mark? No, just I guess I just generic looking white guy. I think this would be a terrible movie if Marky Mark played (laughs) Morgan Freeman's friend. I was I was gonna say one of their names, but I'm pretty sure I don't. Booker is not anyone's name in this, right? No. No. Okay. Wow. So you? I I actually know nothing about this movie. I guess not. Like you really don't know anything about it. No. You, You just know that. The Marky Mark character is friends with Morgan Freeman. That's well, I'm all you know. Sure, like there's they're trying to escape from jail or something. Okay. Like one guy like wants to leave, and then maybe like Morgan Freeman being like Jesus and all will tell him like no, that's not the right thing to do. Oh, because Morgan Freeman's the voice of God. Well, he he is God and like Bruce Almighty. Yeah. And Evan Almighty. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I feel like Morgan Freeman would be the character who's been in longer and is wiser. Okay, but that's just because Morgan Freeman is the old and wise guy. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I, I'm excited. Good, I figured you'd be excited. I'm excited too. Prison's cool anyway. It, it's, to see, not to be in. It's been a long time but coming. It has been. All right, well, let's do it. Let's take a movie mug and pause. Get busy living, or get busy dying. Mm-hmm. And we're back. After watching 1994's The Shawshank Redemption. Yes, we are. Let me just ask you a question right up front. Okay. When did you know it was going to be a 100? (laughs) Very early, actually. (laughs) I mean, there's no way that this wouldn't be. I mean, this was so great. (laughs) Right? It was so great. Yeah. I mean, it it is great. I mean, I knew you were going to love it. And every time... I had this foreboding feeling that something was going to happen that was going to knock it below 100. I, I don't know how to phrase it. Like, something happened afterwards, but not what I expected. And always was like, oh, that's fine. That's perfect. This movie was so good. Right. And I mean, I've never heard a single bad thing about it. So. I mean, what can you say bad about it? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Yeah. If, if you don't like this movie, you, you can go to hell. Honestly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It was a great movie. What kind of person doesn't like this movie? Maybe somebody who was in prison and was, gets a little PTSD from watching it or something like that. I, I don't know. I was going to say someone who tried to escape and got caught. Maybe. All right. Well, let me give it the 50 Cent Tour. This movie's about a man named Andy Dufresne who goes to prison for allegedly killing his wife and her lover, and he's sentenced to two lifetimes. Mm-hmm. There he meets up with Red, who's played by Morgan Freeman. Uh, Andy Dufresne's played by Tim Robbins, not Marky Mark. Yeah, if it was Marky Mark, this movie would suck. So he meets up with Red, and they start a fast friendship. Uh, Andy is a guy who is super smart. He was a banker, and he clever kind of finagles his way into helping the warden, helping the guards do their taxes, figure out ways to make their money go further. Mm-hmm. And all the while, he is planning his escape. And he's helping his cellmates, too, like made a big old library mm-hmm. like he's just doing everything he's helping everybody turns out he was wrongly accused mm-hmm. and so he he plans his escape and uh one night he does he does so yep and he becomes a free man let me see what the internet has to say this comes from imdb andy dufresne is sentenced to two consecutive life terms in prison for the murders of his wife and her lover and is sentenced to a tough prison however only andy knows that he didn't commit the crimes while there he forms a friendship with red experiences brutality of prison life, adapts, helps the warden, etc., all in 19 years. 
Yours was more in depth. So let me ask you a question. Um, Andy spent 19 years in prison. You spent 19 years of your life never seeing this movie. Which is the biggest travesty? Hmm. <laughs> Definitely getting wrongly accused and spending 19 years in prison. I mean, but it's close though, right? <laughs> I mean, not really, but it is a travesty, but it's a different degree of travesty. Mm-hmm. So it starts out basically with his trial, and then he gets sentenced, and then it's the bus ride to Shawshank, and mm-hmm. right when they pull up, all the inmates come and they line the fences and they're just yelling at fish, all these guys, fresh fish. And can they're you imagine? Their bets. And yeah, they made the bets of who would cry first. And mm-hmm. can you imagine being in that situation, being in that lineup, walking? With How I am now, please help me, God. <laughs> both sides of the fence, convicts yelling at you. And they had the, the bull queers there. Wow. That was rough. Yeah. You want to explain what the bull queers were? They were, they weren't, uh, so Morgan Freeman said that they're not gay because to be gay, you have to be a human first, and they didn't qualify. So he basically called them, like, just not humans. They were, they were just this group of dudes who just, like, forced you into submission and having sex, like, beat you up and shit, and they, they really liked uh, Andy, Mm -hmm. but... The revenge in this movie was part that like really lit my fire. I, I was going to bring that up because you love revenge. This yep. movie had plenty of it, and this had this movie had on par with my revenge like thinking. Like it wasn't some stupid petty shit. Like this was your piece of shit. You just get completely fucked. And you said that so many times when the movie's going get on. Fucked. Like, get fucked. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> hold it in. So there's like the leader of the bull queers and he like he wants Andy and Andy won't give it to him. And uh so there's multiple scenes where him and his posse are trying to like hold him down and beat him up and like they pull a, a shiv on him, a shank, a shawshank, if you will. Uh I will. Yeah, and so he, he gets out of it every time, except gets out of it as in doesn't get raped. No just I, gets beat up. I think he got raped plenty of times. Well, Oh, yeah, because the way he described it. But mm-hmm. he, he got out of it a lot. Some, yeah, yeah. And so there's this one last time where the guys corner him, and they're holding him down, and they've beat him up enough. And so then the main guy, he pulls out the Shawshank and was like, yeah, if you don't swallow what I give you to swallow and what Randy gives you to swallow, then I'm going to shove all eight inches of this in your ear, talking about his Shawshank. Yeah, not his penis. And, and Andy said, well, I've been told, or like I've read, that quick brain injury will lead the uh, the body to bite down as hard as they can, and that he's heard that they have to use crowbars to pry their teeth apart, and so they just beat him almost to death. By that point... Andy had already kind of been helping the guards a little bit with some of their personal things or anything, really. And so uh, after a week in the hole for the main bull queer guy, he was going back to his cell, and the light turned on in his cell, and the a couple, was it just the guard captain? There were two of them. There, there were two of them. One of them was the captain of the guards. Start beating him so badly, and he's, help me! Ah! And I was like, ha ah! Like you can dish it out, but you can't take it, asshole. He couldn't. He never walked again, and they had to send him to some minimum security hospital. And they heard that he ate the rest of his meals through a tube. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Get fucked!" 
So let, let's talk. <laughs> Get fucked. So let's talk about the main captain. He was ruthless. He was. He killed the guy on his, the guy's first night there. The one who cried and whimpered, "I don't belong here." I don't. But he pulled him out and beat his ass to death. He went to the infirmary that night, but the doctors had already left, and it was it was already lights out. So he was just laying there bleeding out. And then in the morning, it was too late. So he was brutal. And then Red could get anything. Morgan Freeman's character, and he had the connections. He had he the could connections. Get anything from the outside world. And so there was an outside work detail where they had to tar a roof, and Red and his group got picked because you know he he gave a couple packs of cigarettes to one of the guards, and Andy was on that. So they're they're on this roof, and Andy overhears this ruthless guard talking about how he has inherited $35,000, but he's not going to get to keep much of it, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Andy walks over to him. Because he's and a banker. All, all of his friends are like, fuck, dude, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. And he walks over there, and rather than say, I can help you with that, he's like, how much do you trust your wife? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this guard is about to fucking throw him off the building, and he's like, I can help you keep all 35000 of that, those dollars or whatever. And... Gave him these great tips. Yeah, and basically said, all I ask in return is a couple of beers for all my buddies after work, and which which they got, which got Andy in great with everybody. But then word got out how he was so good with bookkeeping and mm-hmm. banking and investments that the warden started using him. All the guards came to him to do the taxes, and that's really where he started getting in good, where he could formulate this plan to fuck them all over and escape, and it built yeah. You, you didn't realize it was building until later, kind of he was setting all the pieces in place to to get out of there at some point. I'm sure at first he wasn't thinking about that as much. No. Except when things started until going worse. It ex- escalated. He eventually started like laundering money with the warden. That was huge in the story. And then this kid comes in. He's not that smart, but they instantly like him. And then... This kid asks Red, what, what's Andy even in here for? And then he hears the story of, oh, he killed his wife uh, who was banging some golf pro. And then uh, the kid recognizes that story from one of his cellmates who did the same thing, but the husband got caught for it. And so then he knows that Andy is actually innocent. And so when this comes out and the warden figures it out, he brings the kid out. I can't remember his name. I can't either. Brings the kid out to talk to him and starts asking if it's true. Like, is it true that he's innocent? And then the dude's like, yeah, bet your ass he is. Uh, just give me the opportunity and I'll, I'll help set him free. So the warden has the captain of the guards shoot him so he doesn't lose his money laundering guy and also so he doesn't get caught in case Andy runs his mouth. Yeah, there's no way they're going to let him go. No, no way. And so uh, Andy has been put in the hole for two months. And at the one-month mark, they open the door, and the warden talks to Andy in the hole. But he tells him that his friend died, and that it's such a shame, and that he needs another month in the hole to think about... Continuing to... Continuing. Yeah, because Andy's I'm like... lost a little bit. Andy was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it for you anymore. You're going to have yeah, to find somebody else to launder your money and do your bidding. And, and the warden's like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. Um, because I'm going to make your life miserable. I'm going to send you down to room with the sodomites and mm-hmm. just telling him all these ways that he can just make his life Fuck more him. miserable. And then he says, I'll give you another month in the hole to to think it over. Yeah. I think Andy had been planning to escape, but I think at that point he was like, yeah, was I'm, I'm going to fuck you guys over too. Yeah. His revenge was awesome. Yeah, so really ultimate revenge on, on the sisters. 
Um, that's what they called the bull queers. And that guy got his <laughs> ass beat. He does get ultimate revenge after he escapes, basically on the captain, on a lot of the guards, on the warden, mm. um, because the warden's been the warden's been making kickbacks and and all this stuff that he shouldn't have been doing and laundering money and stuff like that. Andy at the beginning got a a little rock hammer, I like guess, a little seven inch pickaxe, basically, yeah, yeah. tiny. And, and because he likes making things out of rocks, like chess pieces and little figurines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. At some point, he's carving his name on his prison wall, and part of the wall falls off. And one of his hobbies is being a geologist and knowing a lot about rocks. So he figures out pretty quick, I can kind of tunnel through here. Yeah, He hangs a, a poster of a girl over it, and he just tunnels through through this wall all these years. And on that night, he crawls through the hole. It takes him down to where the sewer pipe is. Yeah, in the wall. And it's kind of like uh, Enemy at the Gates. As soon as, like, the thunder claps, he... Thunder claps. Yeah. <laughs> he hits the the pipe, and the pipe finally breaks open. And a he, funny story when you... He crawls through 500 yards of shit and piss mm-hmm. to freedom. And then, like, he's created this guy out of nowhere to where if... They start tracing where all this money went. He put went. everything, all the bank accounts and everything under a fake name. Mm-hmm. Randall and, Stevens, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he got everything. He got the birth certificate for Randall Stevens, driver's license, social security, everything. So this, there was a person who didn't exist except on paper. And he did it perfectly to the point where um, like he, he was making the warden a millionaire by the time mm-hmm. the warden was going to retire. And so... When he escapes, he he took some of the warden's clothes and shoes because the warden was like, you need to take these down to the laundry and you need to shine my shoes. And so, wow, perfect outfit to walk into a bank as Randall Stevens and get a fuckload of that money out of those accounts. It was $370,000. And he took that money and went down to Mexico to live his dream of owning a hotel fixing up like an old boat to be a charter fisherman. On a beautiful beach on the Pacific. Before he left, he was talking to Red, and he told Red about this place in Mexico several times. And then he was like, Red, if you ever get out, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to this old oak tree in in Buxton and look for this rock. Underneath the rock, um, you'll find something. And at the end, Red got out Mm -hmm. and went there and found this rock. And there was a letter from Andy saying, I hope you remember the name of the place. And there was an envelope full of money. And then the perfect ending, man. It was perfect. Red went down there. They met up on the beach and hugged. And I thought it was going to be a corny ending if they actually met back up. But it's just I was so bad at visualizing it that it made it corny. But then again, it was also like, well, if if Red gets on a plane or goes on a drive or something and... Is like just like it fades out to black as he's like driving down a mountain or something, and you can see the beach. I'm gonna be upset if that happens, mm-hmm. but I also am gonna be upset if they meet up because it's gonna be corny. Not at all. It was perfect. You know what? This movie was perfect. It would have been a shame at the end if they wouldn't have done it right, but I think they yeah. did the end perfect as oh, well. Yeah. Uh, but for that funny story when you said thunderclaps, <laughs> it's uh, I, me in sixth grade. With my my good friend, and uh, oh, we have a we have a visitor for class today, so everyone's gonna go outside, and there are these people in teepees, and they're gonna teach us about Indians, and so we're like, okay, cool. 
and this lady's just talking, and she's really fucking boring, and she's talking about the story of how in that canyon all those horses got killed, mm-hmm. and, it, and maybe probably Indians too. I can't really remember exactly how it goes. That was the Apaches. The, the Apaches were awesome on horseback, mm-hmm. and... The Apaches were the ones who would not give in to the like the cavalry, and the only way the Apaches could survive, and because they were such a strong tribe, is because of their horses. Mm-hmm. Without their horses, their combat would they fail. they weren't nearly as strong as they were. So yeah, the the cavalry went down there and just killed their horses. I, I thought cavalry is it cavalry or cavalry? I've said it both ways. Probably this like fifty fifty tomato tomato. Life. I always thought that just meant soldiers on horses. Yeah. It does. Oh, okay. Well, but I mean, it was like the the U.S. Army guys. Well, they have the, the killed their. Horses. Yeah, I guess it's caval- cavalry. It just it, it doesn't flow off the tongue as well. well cavalry they, sounds way better. Yeah, they do have the first cav unit in Fort Hood, Texas. I do know that. A- apparently, this is where I should say supposedly and apparently. If you go to that canyon and at night or something, you can hear the horses running through. Which bullshit. Sorry, but I'm not buying that. You're going to have to take me there. I'm going to have to hear it. You've been there. As in Paladuro? It's in Paladuro Canyon in Texas. Hmm. Well, okay. But she was talking about that, and she's like, yeah, we were sleeping. It was like an old white lady teaching us about Indians. And so that was was another thing. We're like, are we really supposed to believe you? Yeah, that's a red flag right there. (laughs) Yeah. And so she's like, and then it just hit me. It sounded like a series of thunderclaps. And y'all perked up at that point. And me and my friend start laughing. Our teacher's like, no, that isn't like like trying to be respectful, like the whispering, like, stop it. And and we, we couldn't stop giggling. I wonder how many teachers see and hear things throughout the day, and they're just able to keep a straight face, but then they go home and tell their husbands or wives what the kids were saying and just die laughing at that point. Thunderclaps. That's the story. Beautiful. Thank you. Love a nice thunderclap story especially when we're talking about a heartfelt movie. So let, let's go from uh, Thunderclaps to uh, Brooksy. Fuck. Brooksy was Sweet an old, old man. Yeah, he was an old guy who'd been there since, what, 1905? Yeah. And we're getting and into the late in 1950s or something yeah. like that. He'd been there for 50 years when he uh, got free. So he's this old man, and he's raised this bird in there. And just, oh, gosh, so sad. He He got out. He was institutionalized. He did not, like, he Cars were way different. He had seen one. Before he like got one, in prison, yeah. yeah, and now they're everywhere and they're going fast, and he can't. He keep almost up with gets the run over. It's just too fast, too much. Yeah, and, and he goes to this halfway house and gets a room, but I wasn't really sure what he was doing. He took out a knife and was standing on a table, which is fairly obvious, but he had a knife and never showed a rope anywhere or anything. So I'm like, was he going to cut his wrists on a table? But really, he just carved. Brooks was here mm-hmm. and hung himself, and I was like fuck that was sad man yeah and then whenever red got out he went to the same halfway house got the same room and he saw it and he he starts carving and i'm like no fucking way because it had just kind of gotten done with him reminiscing and talking about like i wasn't meant for the world outside i always wondered how i could like violate parole and go back to prison and so he starts carving And then he ends up leaving that place a little bit later on, and it pans up as he's leaving, and it shows next to Brooks was here. It says, so was Red, Mm -hmm. which is cute. So sadder, Brooks dying or Goose dying? Are you kidding? Brooks. I'd fucking murder Goose right now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But didn't you cry when Goose died? 
No. Oh, that was that was me. <laughs> yeah, I cried when I saw the chin licking or something. So whatever this it was. I've I've seen this movie multiple times because I love this movie, and I fucking get not choked up, but. Little, it hits you, little man. watering eyes at so many points in this movie, man. I, I didn't really get that. I mean, the whole Brooks thing just oh, that was fucking that terrible. breaks my heart, man. That I guy was like, awesome, and he's like feeding birds and stuff, talking about how it's so fast, but sometimes he finds the time to sit on a bench and feed the birds, and how he wishes that his bird Jake would come by, mm-hmm. but he never does. I know. That, that's I was like, oh, <laughs> fucking right in the feels, man. That was brutal i know and then he hung himself man i know man fuck it's rough mm-hmm. it's rough um so prison send me that prison before you send me to a real so one the, nowadays. yeah this is obviously in the 1940s and like just before prison nowadays is quite a bit different it seems so much more dangerous nowadays so you think you could survive uh shawshank I, I feel like I could maybe make friends there. I just need protection from the bull queers because I'm a <laughs> sweet and supple little boy, and that makes things even worse. You're definitely supple. <laughs> what about prison nowadays? No, I'd be scared. I, I think they'd... Uh, I like Kool-Aid, though. they put the Kool-Aid on my lip. Yep. I'd be like, oh, hey. Mm-hmm. They, they'd have some special panties they make for you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I, I and thank God I don't use bar soap. I guess they'd probably make you use bar I, soap there. I think you'd be somebody's bitch first night. Yeah, first night. Well, I'd probably fucking try to find a way to kill myself first night. <laughs> Do Brooks was here in your cell? De- depending on how how many years or how much time I got, then I would. But if it was like okay, survive two months, then I'd be like okay, fuck. But if I had like double life, I would I would kill myself. If I like, if that happened to me right off the bat, if I'm somebody's bitch, there's like no leaving that. Then if I already have multiple life sentences and you you can't leave and you're someone's bitch, just kill them. I feel like then like you're already gonna be there. Like for one life sentence, I can I feel like you could maybe get that reduced enough to get out someday, but double. I mean that's not possible. So. Extending that to a third life sentence, then maybe, I mean, doesn't really do much, but make your life better. And I think that goes on all the time. Somebody who, they, they fucking, they got nothing else to live for. We, you know, I got 950 years in here. I'm not eligible for parole. You're not fucking me. I'm going to slit your throat. Yeah. They got nothing to lose. Like, there was one thing where there was a dude who I think was in for murder, and he got a new cellmate. There was an interview with him. He got a new cellmate, and the dude had, for like minor stuff like like kids like banging kids that's not minor that's not i meant minor as in banging minors yes i just didn't know how to say it you said minor stuff i i was trying to okay you know how i meant that he for banging kids that's major shit not minor shit minor shit in the other sense as it involved minors but you know what i mean everybody heard what you said Go, go ahead and so his new cellmate is talking about how he's doing all this stuff to the kids and stuff, and he won't shut up about it, like, oh, I'm in here for this. Uh, like, just kept talking about it. And so this dude fucking murdered him. Mm-hmm. I've always heard that child molesters do not fare well in prison. No. And I nor mean, should they. I don't understand how you can, like, be with a kid like that and not get the death penalty. That bothers... It doesn't make any sense. And so I like that they kind of get their own makeshift death sentence in there. And, I mean, I know Jeffrey Dahmer got killed, 
in prison. I heard they he rammed his head penis. over and over into a toilet. That's what I thought I'd heard too. Yeah. So, and you know what? I'm okay with that too. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of prison justice that goes on, which makes me happy. And there's a lot of prison injustice <laughs> or injustice that goes on I as mean, well. When you get when you've been locked up for 30 years, and you are You've been horny since day one. I mean... <laughs> where, where are you going with this? Well, no, I'm like, th- that is injustice. But, I mean, we don't know what it feels like. I guess I do. But <laughs> I guess beating off in, in a cell with multiple other people gets old fast. But then again, how does, like... You could do the Banging beat. someone in a cell of, four, like, four or more people. You, but you could do, like, the beat-off Olympics, see who could... Uh, Finish the fastest, see who could last the longest, see who could shoot it the furthest. I mean, you could do all sorts of stuff with your cellmates as far as beating off goes. Then you'd be known as the guys like that, and you might get a target on your back. And you might be able to hit that target, you know, (laughs) on somebody else's back. I'm getting terrible images of men in prison doing terrible things. So, all right. um, Favorite parts? There's one scene we didn't mention. Andy had been sending letters to, like, Scholastic or some shit, I don't know, like, libraries and stuff. Uh, I think he'd been sending it, like, to the Senate or... Oh, like, Senate, like, yeah. Like, some type of government or something like that. But they sent him 200 bucks and a bunch of books. But uh, as he's looking through all these books, um, the guard next to him is like, I'm going to go pinch a loaf, I'll be back. <laughs> and pinch a loaf, that's so he, That's gross. what he said, yeah. Taking a shit sounds better than pinching a loaf. That's just gross. Pinching a loaf as more, like dry heave factor in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go pinch a loaf. Like That's disgusting sounding. It it's, it's makes, makes me feel like it's like uh, the, the shape of French bread, like a long French bread or something <laughs> like that. You're pinching. <laughs> Mine like, isn't about what the loaf looks like. Mine is more of like the asshole. The, the, the action, I don't see like the cheeks as much as I see the asshole. <laughs> just like, fuck, what kind of like, maybe like a Star Wars door. <laughs> No, no, but like the circular one, like a like a vent, yeah, and yeah, how it opens like a spiral yep, kind of, yep. and then shuts like the spiral, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> I imagine that, but a wrinkled, puckered butthole, cutting off shit. Okay, and it's nasty. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, but he's looking through. Andy's looking through all these books, and he finds a record, and there's a record player, and so he puts a rubber band or something around the door that the guy's taking a shit behind. I think he had the keys. Uh, I thought he I thought he got a rubber band for some reason. I was like, how is that going to fucking keep a door shut? Right. Like, what did he rubber band it to? <laughs> so, yeah, he rubber banded the door. No question about that. With the keys. And then he, the, he locked the main office door of the warden, which was just one of those slide locks. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, glass so they could see straight through it. But he starts playing it over the PA, and all the prisoners are, like, it shows all of them, like, stopping and listening and even the guards and everything, and then the fucking warden and everyone's getting pissed. And so they they come to the door, and they're like, come on, man, open the door. Like, we're going to beat the shit out of you or whatever. Turn that off now. And so, and he's just leaning back in pure bliss, like smiling. And so then he, he starts to get up and looks a little concerned, and he just turns it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the captain of the guards bashes open the... Uh, what did he get for that? I think a, he got a week a, in the hole, two a, weeks? Yeah, something like that. He got two weeks, and the guy who tried to rape him and beat him up almost to death only got fucking one. But he got the rest of his sentence afterwards, so I guess, you know. But still. That was a good scene. Because oh, that was awesome. It, it just makes you think 
all the things that that you take for granted that are taken away from you in prison, music, man. They you haven't don't get heard to hear music, music in years. Yeah, so it was like this operatic, like yeah, and nobody could understand what she was saying, but it was like a beautiful song, and everybody just froze and listened, and it was like mm. a. It, they said Red said something um, like it just felt like for that moment we were all free men. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked how Morgan Freeman partially narrated. I want him narrating everything. I mean that that was a meme for a while. Like, what if, what if Morgan Freeman narrated your life? I would and, love it. No, it would get old. I don't think so. Oh, Vince looks down at his nasty, shriveled dick, decides, "Yeah, I don't really <laughs> want to beat this right now." And like, it's out loud. Everybody can hear it. I'm I'm 100 okay with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd love to be able to do Morgan Freeman's voice. I would, yeah. I would fucking narrate people in the grocery store, and I would, I would do I would it everywhere. Mess around a lot. Hell yeah, man! Does he not have the greatest voice of all time? I mean, besides from that one homeless guy. No, he was just like a radio announcer. Well, that was a golden voice. No, it was more of a golden voice because he looked like shit. You know, he was this guy <laughs> okay. who'd been on the streets for a long time, and Damn. you just didn't expect that. I mean, that's true. That yeah. that added to it. Uh, yeah, he definitely does. Absolutely does, man. And he's just, he looks like the nicest guy ever. Like I, I like him so much. I know, right? <laughs> he's just wonderful. So would you rather have Morgan Freeman or Samuel L. Jackson on the podcast? Holy shit. Make it hard for you? I think Morgan Freeman, honestly. Because I think he'd be a great storyteller. Oh. I think Samuel L. Jackson, he scares me just enough to where <laughs> I think I'd be intimidating. I think I'd be so intimidated by him. Not ish. He there, is. <laughs> it's funny you bring up Samuel Jackson. He's got this new thing. Did you ever hear his Go the Fuck to Sleep? No. Like he wrote a children's book and oh, it was like on, maybe. on every page it was it ended with like it it would like rhyme, but then the end of it would be like Go the Fuck to Sleep. Like a good night moon type deal. Yes. Um <laughs> he's got a new one out about social distancing. And that's the trend. And and in this one, he's changed it, and the end of every sentence is, stay the fuck at home. <laughs> I think I'd rather have Morgan Freeman, because he just... Me too. He's a, he seems like a down-to-earth guy. I mean, he could be a complete asshole. He seems like the coolest person right? ever. Like, he would just be so nice. I know. And he'd be like one of those older people who understands everything. I feel like he would impart so much wisdom on you, too. And I mean, I'm pretty sure he is the real Jesus, so... <laughs> I mean, I I think I've seen him as it twice. You know, I I could see him just like sitting on a top of a hill and just people just crowding around, just sitting down and just listening to him all day long. Yeah, kind of like, like the how sermon many stories. Yeah, have. Morgan Freeman's Sermon on the Mount, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. He's just he just seems like an awesome awesome there, guy. I brought and, I brought bread and fish for everybody. He uh, yeah. Here's a loaf <laughs> you can pinch. You know what? He's moved up to number one to sit on the big blue couch and come on to our podcast. Um, Fuck yeah. There are so many possibilities to be favorite parts in this movie. I don't think necessarily that one, the record part was my favorite part, but just the whole fucking movie, man. Yeah, uh, just the whole escape scene, they're playing back what happened because it's already happened, and you're, you're just seeing what went down, how well and thought out all of it was, and just how it all worked out perfectly and beautifully. And you're just, you see part of it happen, you're like, what? And then another part happens, you're like, well, oh my gosh. And then, you know, and just everything that he's done from crawling through shit 
to walking into the bank. Digging and, a fucking wall. Yeah, and, and walking into the bank and getting all that money because he set up this fake account, but it ended up being him. I mean, just it was just masterful, and that was wonderful. It's a little part, but one of the things that I really, really liked is when Red went to that oak tree that Andy told him to go to, and he found the box, and he got paranoid and like yeah. he kept looking back and forth. He's basically in the middle of nowhere, but he's just afraid somebody's going to sneak up on him. And he's just, mm-hmm. he's looking around and, and like a couple different job. times. I also, I mean, I understood whenever he, he looked paranoid, was looking around like, is anyone going to see me open this contraband, as they would call it? But I also kind of thought maybe he was looking for Andy to show up. I knew that wasn't really what it was. I knew he was just paranoid, but that would have been, I was also kind of wondering if he would show up too, mm-hmm. so... No. But it didn't seem like he would. And once he got he read far away. Oh, fuck yeah. I don't think I can name like a favorite part. I, the there whole were, movie. There were so many parts that could be named favorite parts, except for like Brooks dying. That was, uh, no, that was a little bummer. Um, a little bummer. Yeah. That was sad as that, shit. That was a bad bummer. There, there were many parts in this movie that, that I, I kind of felt some, some wetness near the corner. Of my eyes, just and I've oh. seen it so many times, but it's. I was like wetness. What are you, <laughs> I thought you were talking about like the other parts, the good parts that brought the other wetness. Well, only when the sisters were trying to bang him, I got a little aroused. But <laughs> you know, don't pretend you didn't. I didn't. Oh no, those guys were gross looking. Yeah, too. no, me neither. That didn't help. No, one, the I, first one was like an alpha looking guy, like an alpha male who was like, "Yeah, I'll get it." He was so gross because. He was going to put up a fight, and he was like, oh, honey, don't. Mm-hmm. Just gross. I don't know. It, it bothered me the way he he was predatory as fuck. He was gross. He was gross. gross. All right, bucket of chicken time. Uh, I mean, I, I really love Andy. Sorry, Andy. But I got to give it to Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman is, I hate saying this, because I, ne- I, n- I never say this, but he's the goat. Yeah. Tim Robbins was fantastic as he Andy was Dufresne. He cast perfectly. He was. Everybody and was, pretty much. You're right. Everybody was. Um, I got to give mine to Morgan Freeman, too. Without him in it, like, if anybody else would have played Red, I don't think this movie would have been what it was. All right. Score time. 100. We've already talked about Big it. Big hundo. Yeah, 100 for me, too. I've been debating. I'm not sure if this is my favorite movie of all time. Between this and Joker, I think I'd be more readily to watch Joker again than this movie probably because this is so fresh but this is also like a full journey like i've just lived someone else's life yeah. for two and a half hours and the, the ups jo- and downs i feel like and- the joker is more like le- less exhausting to watch than this this is just a fucking trip you're and right that's the only thing i don't know it's, they're tied if anything it's not one of those movies that you can watch over and over because it does take stuff out of you it takes its toll it does it really really does and, and i've seen it numerous times but it fucking came out in 1994 and you can watch a movie like this every five years or something like that so another thing for this movie it's like this isn't one of those movies even if you're the type of person who could watch it a shit ton you wouldn't do that with the, this movie. You don't do that with good movies because you'll fucking ruin them. I used to like the movie Elf. You know what? I fucking hate that movie now. All right, but... Because thrice every Christmas I've fucking seen it. Probably more than three times every Christmas I've seen that bullshit movie. And it's just not funny anymore. It's All right. terrible. All right, but Elf 
is, is a bad movie. Well, that's no, why I'm saying you don't watch. I like Elf, and it's funny. Oh but yeah, how many times have you seen that? It shit? doesn't look, man. It, it Shawshank and Elf, fucking apples no, to oranges. I'm, I'm talking about how you don't do what you want do to Elf to this movie. You can't. You don't watch it a shit ton. This movie is great every time. This movie yeah. will be great fifty years from now. This, that's true. It's not Elf, man. This movie is just. It doesn't. It's dis- a great story oh. with great acting. Deteriorate. No, there there's no fucking way this movie deteriorates. There's Elf. movies from 19. I really just wanted to say the message is Elf is a trash movie. Okay, but. <laughs> Fuck all you ho ho hoes. I like Elf. All right. Anything else? Fantastic movie. Can't recommend it enough. Oh, one of the greats. Definitely one of the yeah. greats. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode number 46 of Movie Muggin. If you'd like to keep up with us, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Movie Muggin. You can also email us if you want to, moviemuggin at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening, and we will be back next week with episode number 47. Yep. Guys, stay safe. Stay the fuck at home. Um, stay the fuck at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Later. Bye. Sometimes he'll (laughs) fart and he'll get up and run away.